Welcome to Limited Time Only, the podcast for anyone who feels there aren't enough hours in their life. Limited Time Only is a mix of chat, comedy sketches and interviews with interesting people. We hope that we will make you smile, laugh and feel a bit brighter about the whole life, death and everything in between malarkey. Essentially, we're dissecting the human condition, just using a rubber chicken rather than a scalpel. I'm Esther and I'm Susie and And this this is Limited Limited Time Time Only. Only. This week it's time for... Square Eyes. Oh, Esther, I haven't got any ideas for this week's show. I feel completely uninspired. Mm, sure. Esther, what are you stuffing into your mouth? A bit of Lady Macbeth for inspiration. You're eating the works of Shakespeare? No, I'm eating a delicious bar of Lady Macbeth dark orange chocolate from Sweet Theatre. I've just finished off Alice in Wonderland. Even the artwork on the packaging is beautiful. Mm, is it helping? Indeed it is. Here, have a little nibble on Oscar Wilde. Mm. That one's gin and tonic flavour. Yum. Have you got any more? Um, um... Esther, have you eaten all the sweet theatre chocolate? Should I exit stage left? Yeah, I think you should. Sweet theatre. Chocolates with drama. Available online at sweettheatre.com and in participating theatres. If Esther hasn't eaten it all... We're going to talk about TV. TV and film. Film. Yes. (gasps) Film. 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 Or we're going to talk about film. (laughs) I love a good film. Oh, now I've got a feeling. I think you watch more telly than me. Um, Probably my kids are way older, so probably, yeah. But, uh, and are more, I don't know, clued up. Um, I think my television references are going to be quite ancient. I have watched a few things recently. (laughs) But, you know, if I... I mean, I could probably count on one hand the programmes I watched in the last 12 months. Okay, go on then. Hit me. Oh, gosh, really? Okay. um, Yeah, do it. Well, some of them are quite long series, but Parks and Recreation. Oh, yeah, I've not seen it. um, Bridgerton. Haven't finished it. Oh, I watched the first couple and it grabbed me, but (laughs) I've been told to persevere with that because apparently it gets very good. It's a bit saucy. Um, (laughs) Didn't you watch some of the... uh, Slightly more intimate scenes with your husband sandwiching between you and your mum. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> mum and I were watching. Um, it was great because I only really watch telly with my mum. <laughs> so when she comes to stay, which is once every four months, I get to watch telly. And Joel was sat in the middle of us with his laptop doing some work and on the sofa. And, uh, and he wasn't paying attention to the programme. And he looked up just at the moment when there was some, some serious Regency masturbation going on. Um, and uh, yeah it was quite orcs um, did his computer start rising up <laughs> hit him in the face yeah. um, <laughs> oh, sorry Alison and Susan <laughs> oh it was funny though um, yes I, I need to finish it I, I have watched the very very racy episode uh, not with my mum, um, but I haven't I haven't got any further than that. Um, what else? I watched a really good Space uh, Space Force One, Space Force. Oh yeah, I can't remember. It's yeah. got um, Steve Carell. I was going to say Kim Cattrall. <laughs> different gender, complete different person. Steve Carell starts with a C though for the surname. <laughs> starts with a C. <laughs> and John Malkovich, and it's brilliant. Yes. And I think it's a. It, it took a while. It took a couple of episodes for us to get into it, and then oh my goodness, we loved it. And I hope there's a second series coming. Um, yeah, I can't remember any other programs. Oh, and of course, Line of Duty. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I I can't remember anything else. 
Do you know what? I can't think of many modern... Modern... I can't, modern. Old, I can't think of any modern shows that I've watched. Actually, I'll tell you the one series that I did watch last year. Actually, oh, Normal People. I've oh, not God, seen I it. loved Normal People. I watched it twice. I just devoured it oh. and loved it. Oh, God, Suze, it's so lovely. And it's quite slow and gentle, but... Oh, it's racy as well, though, isn't it? It's a bit racy. It is racy. Am I yes, it is racy. You could what? Am I going <laughs> to... Cope. Cope. Not an M. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I think you'll cope. Yeah, no, 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 it's not that kind. It's just about young love. And it's, um, I read the book in, in half a day oh, as wow. well. Because I, I just, after I'd watched the series, because I loved it. Normal people I loved. But It's a Sin that was on Channel 4. If you haven't watched it, Suze, watch it. It it. is one of the best pieces of television and it's heartbreaking. I've I've said to my daughter she can watch it, but just maybe not the first couple of episodes with me because some of the sex is quite graphic. Um, And there's quite the sort of fluids and stuff like that. Bodily fluids? Fluids, Oh, my good grief. Sort of soaring through the air. That's not what I'm used to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's such a good television series and it's so well written and it's so well acted and it's 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 just that the feeling of friendship is genuine mm. and um and it's heart it breaks your heart. Oh. So if you take a grab a back box of tissues for All that right. one. I'll watch that. Um but yeah, what are your when you what have been your favourite television shows over the last few years? Or just through your life? The programmes that stick out for me that I really loved, um, when I was a teenager, probably, were things like Red Dwarf. Oh, uh, yeah! I think that really um, influenced my sense of humour. I think yeah. that kind of... Because it's quite odd. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's it's very funny and very clever. Um, I'm saying I'm funny and clever. <laughs> <laughs> You are very funny and you are That's very not clever. That's I'm saying. I just, I think it's quite off the wall um, as, a, yeah. as a sitcom. It, I mean, just the setting itself. And, and and just so, I just loved it. So many things made me cry with laughter. I loved Sharp with uh, with Sean Bean. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, I never watched Sharp, but my Auntie Mary was absolutely in love with him. With well, Sean, with, with Scene Bean. With Scene Bean. Because I was a bit of a history geek um, as, yeah. a, as a teenager. And I actually had read the books before even the series came out so um, I know (laughs) I know I'm that that person um and I just yeah I loved it and uh, and um got really into that and in fact I might try and watch that I might try and get a box set from somewhere Poirot oh yes yeah classy classy as anything and um, yes love David Suchet I met him once um and I was a bit yeah uh, giggly. Um, oh, really? And, he uh, shares my birthday, David Sushi. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little drop that, drop that date. Oh, for you. Surprise, the rain, man. You know him, that. He, him, Engelbert Humperdinck, David Beckham, Humperduck, Engelbert Humperduck, David Beckham, David Beckham, Lily Allen, Jimmy yeah. White, and. Uh, Oh, Matt Berry from... Oh, um, oh I like him. From you know, Toast. Yeah, him. From oh, Toast. Wow. And, uh, yeah, we're all, we're all second of May babes. Oh, well, what a what a great day to be alive. Yes. Um, <laughs> and Alan Titchmarsh. Oh, 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 my goodness. I have, I've seen him in real life. Have you? What's he like? Do you know what? <laughs> He's incredibly sexy. 
<laughs> is he? He has got something. He has really? got. A, he's got that magic twinkle. He's got a je ne sais quoi. Oh, and that's absolutely. He really has. I uh, yeah. I I saw. I mean, I didn't talk to him or anything. I think maybe smiled and said hello. I don't know. Um, but oh yeah, I was a bit. And you just melted. I was, yeah, there was a bit of a rumble in the tum tum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this juice loose a bit. This juice. Oh, no. Not that far. Um, <laughs> and the other thing is probably well, friends. You know. Yeah. It just was there through my whole kind of, I don't know, late teens throughout university. I used to watch it on a Friday night before we went to the student union every week. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's got really positive associations. Yeah. It's, that's the thing about Friends is it's the one show that even now I can watch and whatever mood I'm in, it just improves it and makes me not think about anything too much. I'm just quite happy to be with those people. And you'll probably find that your kids will get into it because mine did when they were about 11. It's such a comforting show. That's so nice you've been able to watch it with your kids. I love it. Well, do you know what? Last night, if we've got sort of 20 minutes and it's it's nearly time for bed, everyone will go, just put friends on. And it's just that sort of comfort... Did you ever watch when you were younger as well, Vicar of Dibley? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a lovely show. Both of my kids, really, we've watched all those together and they find that one of the most comforting, lovely shows. We watched a few of them at Christmas. And that's just like a hug, isn't it? I absolutely adore it. It's that, the, that, the mix of... The mix of wordplay and the physical comedy that Dawn French is just so adept at. When she falls into that puddle, I mean, yeah. that will never stop being funny. No. It's like when Del Boy falls in uh, Only Falls oh. Horses, when he falls through the, through the um, bar. Yes. It's just hilarious. It doesn't matter how many times you watch it, it's hilarious. And when the chandelier, they're moving the chandelier. Yes. <laughs> the other yes. one falls. Oh, Did yes. Did you see the documentary funny. about that? Because they were talking about when they filmed that, that. They only had one take for that. And the guy who was the producer, I think it was, said to Nicholas Lindhurst, if you la- laugh, I'm going to not sack you, but I'm going to dock your wages. And he was he was saying, you dare laugh about this. You dare laugh because they got one take. And so Nicholas Lindhurst said it was absolutely horrendous. He was trying not to laugh. But then the producer started laughing as soon as it had happened. And he said, I could just see him physically shaking in the background. But it was so funny. What, I mean, when- I would have had to sort of, probably pinch myself maybe he was pinching himself or something I know they had their hands well they were holding up they were holding on (laughs) to the the other other chandelier but oh my god I remember hearing Celia Imrie apparently said that she bit the two soup sketch that she bit the inside of her mouth so hard so that she wouldn't laugh at Julie Walters that her mouth was bleeding by the end of the sketch (gasps) but you can't laugh can you but oh my god when something's that's that funny it's so difficult but the Del Boy thing when he fell through the bar I remember watching that with my dad and neither, and obviously that was we didn't expect that to happen and I we both laughed for a good 10 minutes and I remember I don't think I've ever heard him laugh that loudly and that long ever in my life it was so funny I just remember the it was it's such a brilliant moment it's it's iconic really isn't yeah, it yeah it's amazing such a good show and, and all of those characters just still stand the test of time. In fact, the day before I turned 40, I, I, we, we got into bed and um, I got my laptop and I said, uh, I'm just going to watch Only Fools and Horses and I watched the Jolly Boys outing to Margate and had a gin and tonic in bed and I was like, <laughs> goodbye 30s. <laughs> this is a nice way to see you off. Oh, that's lovely. So what are the, what were your other big 
shows? What are you know? What are your faves? I always go back to Sex and the City. Ah, but I over the la- last year, sort of through the lockdown period and everything, I rewatched all of Sex and the City from start to finish, and um, it's so interesting to rewatch it at a different time period because obviously it started in the nineties. Yes, and um, and as times moved on and as I'm a different age yeah and I always really wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw but she's she's actually really annoying oh yeah I watched it she's so um insecure and needy with big and she's so sort of up and down and yeah and um which was a bit disappointing but I could still watch it so easily it just transports me to another world I just I just loved Sex and the City. What's your guilty pleasure? If, do you have a show? If you've got half an hour, or if you've got the afternoon to yourself, what would you put on the television? Or would you not put the oh television God, on? I wouldn't. And this no. is my problem. I think probably should watch more telly. I'd probably feel have a much happier life if I just watched more telly. So um, what, what would you do instead? What would I do is Hardly anything. I mean, I'd, I'd, But if you had... If I said, Suze, you've got an hour, the house is empty, do what you want. Oh, I'd probably what? clean. Oh. I know. <laughs> I you need help, watch more telly. I need to watch more telly. And actually, I was at my mum's house. I had some work and I was away from home and staying at my mum's. And I did watch And Just Like That, um, you know, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I was watching Joy. telly at 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And I was absolutely loving it. Yes. Um, so I need to do more of that. I think I think the only time I watched, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, the only time I watch telly in a day is when I'm ill. Um, oh, yeah. And I would watch something like Homes Under the Hammer. Um, and would that be a guilty pleasure? Do you like Homes and I do. Hammer? I do like it a lot. I like any property program. Me too. That's my. That's like my guilty pleasure I'm stuff. Just so nosy. Love it or list it. Yeah, um, oh, I love anything it. Anything where they them. make something over that's a house yep. or location, 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 or George Clark's old house, new house. Oh yeah, I love oh that one. Oh my god, I'm there. Nobody talk to me. I want yeah. to see this renovation. Make make this ugly duckling into a swan and show me this beautiful house. I love it. And at Christmas, Ella and I get very excited because it's her, Kirsty's homemade Christmas oh. or handmade Christmas. She's and we, lovely and we she hasn't aged. Well. How does she still look the same age as she did 20 years ago? Uh, well, she's looking very dewy considering she's 50. So, is it crafting? I mean, I, is it crafting? Probably. <laughs> yeah. I should do more crafting. I'm going to be more Kirsty. We ended up this programme with a Yule bash. Studies have shown that too much screen time is detrimental to the development of a child's brain, whereas too little is detrimental to their parents' sanity. In my day, there were no televisions, but there was a lot more gin at tea time. Goodbye. What about kids' shows? What did you love when you were growing up? Top favourites, Bagpuss, Maid Marion and Her Merry Men, um, which was always very funny, Rent-A-Ghost. For going, yes. for going, you know, Bagpuss and Rentigo, that's going really far back there. Going live. Yes. And before that, kind of Saturday Superstore. Oh, do you know what? Uh, you're saying these things and I've forgotten about some of them. Going live every Saturday morning, I'd be up. Yes. That would be what I'd want to watch. It was really annoying because we'd always go to my grand's mid-morning and she lived about five or six miles away and then we'd have to stop off at the greengrocers and the butchers and I'd be missing going live oh. or Saturday Superstore. And um, I'd get to my grand's when my aunt still lived there. She'd be like, I want to see what Sarah Green's wearing. And now um, it, I can be a bit like that. If 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 I'm in the house in the morning, I might go. I'm just gonna put this morning on and see what Holly Willoughby's wearing, and then I turn it off again. Oh really? Yeah. Don't know why. It's my aunt was exactly the same. I've just inherited it. My my favourite show when I was a little girl was Cockleshell Bay. Oh yeah. Do you remember it? I do you remember that? Oh. 
It's just some, I I, I rewatched the opening on YouTube not long ago to see what it was like. I just cried my eyes yes, out. Yes, it's funny, isn't it? I watched Bagpuss on YouTube. Um, I found it for for my daughter or my son. I can't remember who I was trying to get to watch it. Very, it's so slow now though. They kind of yeah wind it up. But um, yeah, I I, found, I had the same. I was like, oh wow, it's just like punched me in the heart, really. Teenage years. Grange Hill, oh, I used yeah. to like Grange Hill, and I also used to love a better biker grove. Oh, biker, biker, Ooh, biker, biker grove, and jump in the air. And um, <laughs> I fancied Gil, who was in the first series and was very hot, and I think he died in a car crash in real life. No, 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 no. But he was beautiful and he used to wear a leather jacket. Oh, yes, I remember him. And now I'm still quite traumatised by PJ's paintballing incident. Oh, yes. If anybody I know goes paintballing, I'm like, please don't take your mask off. Just leave your mask on. You don't want to get blinded like PJ. That was dreadful, wasn't it? That was a real... Yeah. Because we didn't, that was sort of not the norm in um, children's TV. So something no. that traumatic. I'm used to bankers, no. for goodness sake. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone going blind as a paintballing. Especially not... <laughs> Ant. I know. Oh, I remember going to a Radio 1 road show when I was a teenager um, in Birmingham when they used to have bands come and play and you'd just go for free and and, uh, and it was Steve Wright presenting. For free? Just turn up um, in Centenary Square in Birmingham oh, wow. and uh, Steve Wright was there and Aswad were playing. Um, Yay! And uh, PJ and Duncan. Wow. Let's With get, a bit of ready, let's get ready, ready to rumble. To... Yeah. How are so they good? They were brilliant. I mean, amazing lip syncers. It was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did speak to Ant McPartland once on the telephone and he was absolutely you? delightful. Did you on the telephone? Yeah. Why? Uh, Tinder date. What? Um, no. <laughs> no, I um, was doing some work at CITV. Oh, yeah. And um, I was in the studio with Stephen Mulhern and Danielle, I think her name was. So I was like live with them and um, and then they said oh can you it was when smtv was still on the television yeah so they said um, that was great as well it was amazing it was so good and uh they said oh can you just go and speak to whoever's calling through from smtv before we put them through live to Stephen and danielle so i had to go into the other studio and um chats and it was Aunt McPartland and he couldn't have been lovelier Aww. and he was so sweet didn't know me at all and was like asking me how I was and and do you know what Stephen Mulhern was also one of the nicest guys I bet ever. Well, he's done I mean he's he's worked a lot for a long time hasn't he? he's worked yeah. yeah but this was at the beginning of his career and he um I remember I did some I was doing some work at CITV and then I had an audition for Emmerdale. And then about three months later, I went back to do some more work at CITV. And I walked into the offices at Central. And he was like, hi, Esther, how did you get on with Emmerdale? Aww. I was like, because I think I was down to the last two or something for a role. And um, and I was think, thought, oh, my God, I've not seen you for ages. You remember my name and you remembered a detail about me. Yeah. You know, that's so sweet. And he was really, really lovely. And I liked him enormously. Oh, well. You never know. Yes. Get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Come on, Mullo. Come on, Mullo. No. Now, are there any programmes that you should have liked or should like, but actually hated? Oh, I feel like I'm going to get lynched. Film-wise, there is one film and I try to love it. And every year I try to love it. And Every year? I, every year I is try to love it. a Christmas film? 
Yes, it's it's love actually. Oh, thank goodness. I thought you were going to say Muppet Christmas Carol. I want to love that film and I think it's an absolute massive crock of poo. Um, <laughs> okay. I try so hard. Do you know what, Suze? I wrote four pages about why I hate love Oh my goodness. Love Actually, it's the one, it's Hugh Grant, obviously, and it's Marty McCutcheon mm-hmm. and, and Kira Knightley. And it's the, it's, so it's not the classic, because I do love Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, I quite I'm like s- Notting Hill. Richard Curtis, in my eyes, is a genius, well, not a genius, but I love his films. Yep. About Time, if you haven't seen that, is one of my favourite films. It's um, no, Don Hall Gleason, but Bill Nye, Rachel McAdams. Okay. Lovely film. Can watch it over and over again. Okay. This love, actually, Come I on, find... Hit me. So, oh, my... Okay. Oh, but I love Richard Curtis stuff. So, if Richard, if you're listening, babe, um, I'm really sorry. Fan. He was a big like, fan. I am a big fan of everything else. <laughs> Vic of Dibley, Blackadder... Big oh, up yes. your bad oh, self. I forgot about Blackadder. I just have to say, I was obsessed with Blackadder as a child, as a teenager. Obsessed. And when Rowan Atkinson grew a beard, sexy fit, really Absolutely sexy. Fit. Took the beard away, Mister Bean. No, no, no. Grows a beard, bit of a cad. Hello. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it, it's a it's a great idea. You've got all these big actors, but they're trying to cram everything in too quickly. So, like one of the first scenes with Alan Rickman and um, oh, Laura Linney, and he comes in. She calls her into his office, and he says, "And this is a direct quote." And how long have you been in love with Carl, our enigmatic but attractive chief chief designer? And it's oh, like no. all the lines are like that. Sex god Colin can't get a woman because he's really annoying. Goes around offering women his nuts as he's trying to sell nuts. Goes to America, hooks up with three incredibly hot women who take him to bed instantly, and then he brings Denise Richards back for his mate like a bloody Toblerone. Gets off the plane, and then she walks up to his mate and says, "I he told me you'd be sexy," and gets off with him instantly. It's just so much of it. I just don't believe the whole thing is set over six six weeks, six weeks, six weeks. Sex wakes. Um, you know, and at the beginning you've got Liam Neeson who is um distraught that his wife has just died, but by the end he's getting together with a Claudia Schiffer lookalike who he meets at the end of the film. Esther really doesn't like love actually. Let's see if she's finished. Martine McCutcheon is not fat. Nope. Safe to go back yet? Bill Nye recording a Christmas song five weeks before Christmas. It just wouldn't happen. Is she still going on? Why do they speak Portuguese, but why do they live in France, where Colin Firth has gone? Oh, for f**k's sake. And then, why does Hugh Grant, the Prime Minister, why does he not know where an ex-member of his staff lives? Why does he need to go down the road and knock on every door of every house to find her? And why does he not have a mobile phone? (laughs) It'll be Christmas by the time she finishes. And then, love actually will be on again. It's a horrible, vicious cycle. But come on, Emma Thompson. Come on. That is the redeeming thing for me. There are two things I've got that redeem it for me. Emma Thompson crying. Bill Nye in Rabsi Nesbitt when he says it turns out you're the love of my effing life. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I do love a bit of Emma Thompson. It's just, like, there's just loads of weird flaws. I just watch all the scenes and think, that wouldn't happen. And that doesn't make sense. And so that is a really, really, really long rant and will need to be severely edited down. But you get the drift. (laughs) Don't worry, Esther. I've sorted it. I've always liked the film myself. I was worried when you said it was a Christmas film because my favourite film of all time is The Muppet Christmas Carol. It just makes me so ha- so happy and I know all the words. Yeah, we watched that on Christmas Eve and I I always say Susie's favourite film. And um... 
I, I actually did work with Stephen McIntosh, who plays Scrooge's nephew, as uh, Michael Caine likes to call him. <laughs> so who says nephew? Nephew. Nephew. It's a nephew. So weird. No one said uh, Michael. It's it's pronounced nephew. Um, anyway, I mean, would you? Me- I mean, I love Michael Caine. I, I would. <laughs> I would let him say what he wants. Say what you like. Say, say what you like, like Michael. Mike. You're a ruddy legend in my eyes. <laughs> but I um I worked with them, and it took me about a day to to say. I have to say you're in my favourite film of all time. And he was like, I'm up at Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stephen, I know you're a serious actor with multiple credits to your name, but yeah, that first film you ever did straight out of drama school. <laughs> did he look you up and down and then work out which of his films was your favourite or did he just go? I think he just saw from the glee in my face. Um, the fact that you were that walking was... around going, like the lamp, not the rat, like the lamp, not the rat. Hot, hot, hot. Yeah, that's it. I used to like the Muppets. I had a, a Muppet album on vinyl that my parents bought for me. Yeah. You when know, I was little. cool people. You know, talk about their vinyl collection. Yeah. Oh, it yeah, is cool whatever. to have vinyl now, though, isn't you it? You ain't but... got nothing if you haven't got a Muppets Christmas Muppets record. Yes. Yeah. I mean, cool. you've literally touched Scrooge's nephew. I don't know if I've touched him, actually. I've spoken to him. I don't, think, I don't know if i touched him. Damn. The, the only... Well, my sort of moment of of uh you know global stardom closeness was christian slater oh wow because um, i was in edinburgh i was doing a play in edinburgh at the same time christian slater was doing a play in edinburgh he was doing one flew over the cuckoo's nest and he was very good um i was standing on a bollard holding a, pla- a banner up for my play mm. and i start and i was because i was holding the banner for some reason i couldn't just put the banner down and get off the ba- the bollard I was just shouting, it's Christian Slater, it's Christian Slater, as he was walking towards me. And I said, Ruth, give him a flyer, my friend Ruth. He was looking at me, smiling, and he looked at, he he passed Ruth and he just went, pay attention, Ruth. (laughs) And she gave him a flyer. That is very cool. It was very cool. And she was so happy because he meant, he spoke to her. Yes. And he spoke to me. But I'd seen him. I'd instigated it. Were you like, um, I'm Susie? I know. Say my name, Christian. Say my name. I love you in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Um, but it was very exciting to shout Christian Slater in his face. And that, <laughs> I then understood why people, you know, when people see famous people, they do just say their names. Christian Slater. Because you can't quite believe it. Yeah. That's such a big fan. I mean, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, literally. I, that's the film. That and Muppet Christmas Carol are the films I've watched the most in my life. And I know the whole soundtrack. I used to listen to it every night fully. And the soundtrack... Um, on the morning I got married, I woke up to Classic FM or something. You early, are getting get my, cooler by the minute. Get my hair and make Oh, I am embracing it. I mean, that's it's my favourite programme, Classic FM. Well, Classic FM is Classic ace. FM. It is very it is cool. But, but it's just it like... It's just, just... <laughs> I know, I'm so not cool. You're so down with the kids. I mean, I can't, I can't even pretend anymore. But it, it came on, seven in the morning, whatever it was. And what was it playing? It was playing the theme tune, <gasps> classical theme tune to... Uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's it's a, a fantastic sign. soundtrack. Do 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 It is so great. And uh, I was like, this is a sign. It's this a is sign. a sign that I should either get married or I should run off and find Christian or Kevin. I don't know which it is. I'm going to go with get married. I'm just going to go with that. It's all organised and paid for. Did you Did you ever see... um? One of my favourite Christian Slater films that we were all kind of obsessed with for a while at school was Pump Up the Volume. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he was... An amazing film. It was such a good film. And we used to write on our pencil cases and our folders, like, lines from it, like, the truth is a virus and... 
happy Harry Harden, I think he used to call his character, didn't he? Yes, and yeah. We used to DJ, write that all over us, all over our belongings, because we were so sort of captivated by this rebellious teenager yeah. that he played. I must watch That's that. Great. I must tell my daughter to watch that actually, because she's sort of that age now. So yeah, I'm again probably not with me for for some of the scenes, but. Um, I just tell her to go and watch stuff in a bedroom. Watch that, but not with me, because it'd be a bit weird. <laughs> and I am pretty um, cool about stuff like that. They know they can talk to me about anything, and they invariably do talk to me about all kinds of things, which is wonderful. But there just is that moment. Like, I remember, um, oh, God, watching sex on television when you're younger with family members. Oh, God, awful. Oh. And I'm... My parents used to go to uh, football, like reserves or a, or a Tuesday night game or whatever at the Albion. And so I would go to my grand's and um, Pennies from Heaven was on. And um, oh. I, because she didn't have a video recorder because it was like the 80s, um, I had to sit through Pennies from Heaven with her every week. And it was... Oh mortifying Awkward. but every week the lead actress and bob hoskins would be singing a song in a 1920s style and then they'd just start having you know quite hardcore sex <laughs> i'd just be sat there sort of nine years old thinking oh god oh, make it stop but i i understand she wanted to watch it and frisky old bird wanted to watch it <laughs> <laughs> Louise Theroux, and this is Weird Weekends with Louise Theroux. Deep in the northern countryside, also known as Manchester, I met Derek and Patricia Andrews, who were formerly known as Magic Act of the North. Tada! Hello! Hello! We are Derek and Trish Andrews, formerly known as Magic Act of the North. Tada! Ta as you'll probably be aware, we've recently given up magic after a very nasty accident. That's right, isn't it, Patricia? That's right, Derek. That's right. Why don't you tell the audience what happened, Patricia? Well, you see, we used to throw knives. That's right. And it was our most famous act. That's right, that's right. But because of your carpal tunnel, it came very close to me eye. Two centimetres away, weren't you? That's right. Me carpal tunnel syndrome, you know, mixed with me penchant for a port and lemon, unfortunately affected me aim, and I nearly took out my wife for 47 years. So we decided to regroup and decided what we were going to do with our lives. And we've set up a swingers... Society. A swinging society. That's right, that's right. We're called swinging with ta-da... We've had some business cards made up and popped them in the local cafes and leisure centre and planted a pampas grass outside our house. We're on Twatling Avenue in the bungalow hidden up the corner. So if you want to come down... We're open to all sorts, open to all sorts. Open to all sorts. You know, don't be afraid at all. Trish has bought a lovely pot to put the keys in. TK Maxx. TK Maxx. It was a right bargain. It should have been twelve ninety nine, but she got it for £3. Mm. We've got a nice comfortable lounge and a pull-out sofa bed. You've always fancied being a bit lesbian, haven't you? Mm, I have, I have, I'm very game. We're open to mixing it up, mixing it up. Yeah. So if you want to come along to Tada Swinging Society... Tada. Then just come up the cul-de-sac and find the pampas grass. We'll see you there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Unfortunately for Derek and Patricia, the uptake for their first swingers night was rather disappointing. They put this down to their pampas grass being stolen from their front garden. 
Derek and Patricia did, however, manage to rope in old friends, the Crankies. So join me next week as I see how the four of them got on and find out if, as promised, the evening was fan dozy well, Sarah, Lily Jean, Tallulah, Famula, Smart. Oh, yes, darling. We're so happy to have you on our oh, podcast. I'm happy to be here. Yay! <laughs> and we've got we've got questions for you, and we've got quite a few audience questions too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Quite a lot of fans out there, Sarah Smart. No, really? <laughs> oh, oh Anyone remember who I used to be? Oh. <laughs> Before I was a mother of three. A mother of three wee ones. Yeah, oh. wee little babas. Today's guest is the super talented and, quite frankly, joyous Sarah Smart. Since starting out as a child actor at the age of 10, opposite Miranda Richardson and Zoe Wanamaker, Sarah went on to land multiple roles, including a leading role in the much-loved ITV children's show, Woof. She then successfully navigated that tricky transition from child actor to respected and lauded adult actor. From starring as Virginia in At Home with the Braithwaites, to working alongside Sally Field in David Copperfield, to teaming up with Sir Kenneth Branagh on Wallander. There seems to be no role she hasn't played and no TV show she hasn't been in. We talked to Sarah about what drew her to acting in the first place, what some of her favourite roles have been so far, who she's worked with and been super impressed by, and what she's got coming up in the future. Welcome to the show, Sarah Smart. You started out when you were really young, didn't you? Yeah, I started out as a babateer, yeah. Ten years old was probably the first big job I ever did. With Donna, my sister, we were twins. Brummy twins in a film. Oh, what was the yeah, film? In a film? The film was called uh, Ball Trap and the Coat Sauvage. Miranda Richardson was in it and uh, Zoe Wanamaker. Wow! Jack Shepard, yeah. And it was all set on a campsite in South of France and me and my sister, we were playing twin, brummy twins and the, the, the family that went and uh, disrupted everybody's lovely quiet time in the campsite <laughs> <laughs> by arguing with each other about our espadrilles. She's got my red espadrilles on, Ma. So yeah, that was our first uh, foray into acting, yeah. And then what happened? Oh, and then obviously I was spotted from that. <laughs> my beautiful dulcet from me tones. Well, no. And then we, I went, uh, I auditioned for Central Gene Television Workshop with you lot, didn't I? Wait, so that was after the film? Yeah. Yes, that was after the film. Because we went, myself and Donna went to a speech and drama class together from the age of five and then we just saw in the paper that they were auditioning Brummy Kids for this part, this role in a film. So yeah, so it all just went on from there. And we decided we loved it because it was such good fun filming with big famous people. I mean, God, that's quite a that's quite a start, isn't yeah. it? You know, Zoe Wanamaker and Miranda Richardson. Yeah, that's and incredible. Jack Gold, Jack Gold was uh, directed it. Yeah, so wow, he's a great director. So, yeah. So then you, you got into the workshop with uh, which we were as well. Got into the workshop with you, lot. and I remember vividly you know this happening because because Esther and I also auditioned for the same part but sadly didn't yeah. get it but you did you uh Rachel in woof Rachel Hobson woof yeah that was my really um that was my first main main role ever yeah that was amazing to get that do you know what I remember about that audition as well because they saw a lot of girls didn't they and I know we all we all yeah. made it to about the last nine and then I got into the audition room with the guy that played Eric and just forgot all of my words and just sort of just fell apart he was very intimidating was old Eric he was in, oh god he was <laughs> like Robert De Niro oh he was so sweet such a lovely guy such a and lovely what was guy. that like because it was three three years wasn't it playing Rachel yeah playing Rachel that took, it took over your life 
it did actually every summer and a bit into school as well so I had a chaperone and everything and, and a tutor for my school work and oh gosh it was just really really exciting because I got out of school didn't particularly love school at that point much preferred filming <laughs> being on a film set um oh, it's just amazing to be treated like that and to be working with all these adults and so it was great for the social skills great for your confidence great for everything like that it was just I feel really blessed to have been able to do that from such an early age and work with all those ad- adults in such an interesting environment and I learned I learned a lot about myself about every about yeah the business and every and we worked with loads of different actors because it was there were really good actors on every week um on each episode there was like a you know how people come in and do guest leads and some of them were absolutely fantastic and that's when I met Lisa Goddard who was um she played the teacher in uh Woof and she and then she got me her agent through Woof so then I had a, got a London agent and then carried on from there so yeah it all baby steps. Was it after you did Woof or before you did Woof that you thought actually I'd like this to be my career? Um yeah I think it was at that point because yeah because yeah because then I had to go back to school and I was thinking and then yeah so it took me up to 15 that was it exactly it took me up to the age of 15 and then we had we had in the in the old hall in our school St Paul's convent school for girls we had uh we had a little shout out there (laughs) and they were really good to me actually but then I did have to be a good girl to get out of like school sometimes and do my filming but they um they had the um Oh, what's it called a, 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 the day when everyone when people come over to see what job you want oh uh, like careers, careers fair sort of a thing. careers yeah. day they had a careers day in uh, the old hall in our school yeah and at that point I, I kept going around to all these tables and they talked to me about science and being a teacher or childcare and all these different things and I kept thinking nothing is that really interesting me as much as acting yeah. and being an actress but I felt so, so silly in one way of saying um, I, I really want to be an actress because no one at that time it didn't feel like from a girl from Birmingham should be saying something like that like no one no one said things like that or were were things like that so yeah so it was a bit of a but I just knew then at that point I was like I've got to be an actress because that's all that seems to interest me out of this lot this range of jobs. Did you go to college or was it a sixth form? Yeah, so I went to college first. I went to art college first because I was really interested in art as well. And uh, and then that was a bit boring because more my friends, my my friends from school went to a different college, Cadbury College. So then I thought, oh, I'll leave art college because that was a bit boring and go where my friends are. And then I kind of dossed about a bit and, and then I started getting parts again. So I couldn't really finish the year. And yeah, so then just left college and went on and became an actress as yes. a career which seemed like <laughs> remarkable but yeah it happened I still can't believe really? it now I still can't believe I'm an actual actress now Re- is it really <laughs> do you really do you yeah. feel that do you sort of yeah because I just feel really privileged that I managed to get through because a lot of child actors as well especially mm. can't really make the transition they find it really hard and I don't know how I managed to wiggle my way through mm-hmm. <laughs> I think at one point my career changed in a way that I became from from just being a, a child actor the girl next door type of roles and things like that to becoming a character actress in at home with the Braithwaite that was the first real character part that um, I just happened to get like I think a lot of it is to do with luck time and you're just in the right place at the right time you just I just think I like to believe in fate as well but 
Yeah, so, and then, yeah, so I went on to be a, a char- more of a character actress now, I think. And with At Home with the Braithwaite, there's another girl from uh, Central Workshop who was in that, from the Nottingham Workshop, Sarah Cherm, who played... Sarah Joseph, Cherm, who yeah. Played, and wasn't her character called Sarah as well? Yeah, her character's called Sarah. That was quite... Sarah, yeah. Sarah and Sarah. Yes. <laughs> so I'm smarty and she's Chermy. And then there was Sarah Braithwaite that she played, yeah. Lisa in Leamington wanted to know, are you still in touch with the cast of At Home with the Braithwaites? Yeah, oh, absolutely. We love each other. Yeah, um, myself and Jeremy. Yeah, we be- we started, we were living together while we were filming. And so we became really firm friends and best friends. And then she, um, and then we all went, we kind of went our separate ways, but then we came back to live in uh, the road next to each other in London. So then, and then we started having babies. So I made, she moved out and I moved out and, and now we live in our different areas, but we're still very much in contact. And then we met up with, we met up uh, recently at Christmas and then we ended up getting in touch with little Keely Force, little Keely Force, she's so not little anymore, but she was our little sister in the home of the Braithwaite's and she's, amazing she's pregnant she was pregnant when we met her at Christmas she's just had her first baby and it was just amazing to all be together again and Peter Davison he was our dad and we used to always cook for him in our flat and everything because he was a bit yeah he didn't really like cooking and stuff for himself so we had to look after him a little bit and he's just so lovely and every oh gosh everyone on that that was we we were like a really a proper family we really well and I look and it was amazing to work with the beautiful Linda Bellingham who unfortunately died um a few years ago but she but she was just gorgeous it was lovely and she she we used to go out with her and everything outside of work and she'd look after us in London because she lived in London and knew all about London so yeah so lovely lovely memories from there so nice so, so having that kind of family and community aspect is it, it's I was thinking because it's like you didn't go to university but yeah, you went straight exactly, into yeah. you know, your career but you you had that kind of that family feel yeah. and that so it was a bit like halls of residence though it was a little bit like that because it was learning and then we were all living in a flat together and, and 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 also like all actors are just big kids at heart so they're not like so oh, yeah. like Pete Davidson and um, Amanda Redman and we were all just big kids and Lynn Ben and we were all just big kids together so it just felt like we were in Hordes of Residence so <laughs> yeah. it was the University of Life and <laughs> <laughs> um, from doing at home with the Braithwaite Sally Wainwright wrote that who wrote Happy Valley and Gentleman Jack and, yeah. and but you then went on to work with her on Spark House and yeah. on a big a Jane Hall's big bus yeah. ride yeah big bad bus ride not just big big bad bus ride was it brilliant working with her because she's such a great writer Sally Wainwright is the most amazing writer she's just fantastic and in terms of so the projects you've done with her was it a case of she's she's written something and she goes right I want Sarah to to be in this well unbelievably she did like she wrote she was kind of thinking of this um Wuthering Heights because she was born on in in Yorkshire on the moors and Wuthering Heights the Brontes in that kind of area and she was always interested in Wuthering Heights and and so she decided to do um, a modern day version of it and she thought of me while she was doing it because I think because obviously we were doing at home with Braithwaite at the time and um, which was a massive privilege and so yeah that's how I ended up in doing Spark House with her and uh, and that was a completely different story to at home with the Braithwaite obviously and a completely different feel genre and everything but she just she is just so amazing. She's just such a talent and just brilliant writer for women and just really gets 
women and but can get it down on the page and and uh yeah it was just fantastic to be able to to meet her yeah and then just carry on with her for yeah have the partnership for a while spark house was a kind of modern retelling of wuthering heights where the, well, the woman was the more heathcliff character though so the guy yes. was the more cassie character which was so exciting to play the yeah kind of, yeah the broody kind of one that walked the moors and drives it all yeah exactly but you have actually been in wuthering heights as well haven't you oh yeah i was yeah oh, yeah i forgot that actually so that's <laughs> quite interesting so you've played kathy no, I played Catherine Linton, who was actually Kathy's daughter. So a lot oh, of the yes, films yeah. don't go on that far, but obviously the book it does. And so yeah, she so Kathy dies in childbirth while she's giving birth to Catherine Linton. And then it's like Catherine Linton's story kind of carries on as as the love story that kind of works out in a way with right. her with the farmhand that works at their farm. I'm quite interested in it because you've done so many different so many different genres. Yeah. Of- that's why I just feel so lucky. Done, you've done Doctor Who. Yeah. And then you've done David Copperfield. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of all the, and, and some real high comedy stuff and, you know, Midsummer Murders, Poirot. I mean, your CV is just, it's like, I don't know, it's like an edition of the Radio Times. It's just amazing. <laughs> everything, everything is in there. It's so great. I didn't even think of it like that, really. You just, because, well, as a job in acting, you're just trying to get these jobs and they, they suddenly pop up here and there. And then I suppose, yeah, then when you look at it like that, it is the most interesting job in the world. So you basically, if I went in the old hall again today, I'd be like, yes, I've done that job. I've done that job. I've done that job. Yes, you have. All the careers. All the careers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, a, I was a nurse. I was a teacher. I've been, yeah, first driver, everything. If you're preparing for a, a period piece. Yeah. Like David Copperfield or the Casualty 1906. Yeah. And those sort of ones that you did. How does that differ from preparing for something like Doctor Who, for example? Well, I think the costume interestingly is a real big deal when it comes to like period dramas because that really like even just being put in that corset and the restriction of it and everything that really informs your character and the way that you sit and stand and you know that there are certain etiquettes that you should follow if you were to if you were really being trying to be natural with the time period and everything there's certain things and there's even in the language and things there's certain things that you should bear in mind when doing a period drama because the Apparently, like I went to, I did like a bit of a language course when I did Casualty 1909 and the woman, the lady who did the tuition, she was amazing. And she said, back in that day, people didn't really talk about themselves that much. So me and I weren't within a sentence. You didn't, well, I, I wish I was doing this or me and like you you would just quickly just talk over those kind of words you wouldn't you wouldn't emphasize the I and the me in a sentence which I found quite interesting little things like that that you pick up along the way that you would never learn otherwise yeah we ha- we actually had a question about Doctor Who from Alex who said how did you find working on it and how long were you in makeup because you you had to your character sort of lost their mouth for a little while didn't they in it Lost, I lost my what? Your mouth. It was such <laughs> a, weren't you? Yeah, such... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never had a mouth, Esther. I thought you were had to sort yeah. of go. Argh. Oh, at some point, yeah. When I came through the like flesh, yeah. yeah, I was coming through the flesh, but yeah, yeah, I had lots of um, I had this prosthetic jelly kind of face because there was like we were like so obviously it was a human version, and then there was a ganga version that was made of flesh. So because we were working in acid mine so that the flesh could get burnt without it, without us worrying and then it'd get melted in this vat again and then we'd be met, remade into another ganga and all of that. So it was like, yeah, a lo- lots of prosthetics. 
but and and hours in makeup so I think so yeah oh sorry are you talking about when I had to have the actual first yes the cast of my yes I thought you meant in the actual show yeah I had a mouth yeah yeah I didn't have a mouth <laughs> I was being cast out to have just um just straws at my nose and it was so scary oh my god no one said no one told me that before that I I went in to do it they said oh we'll try we'll be gentle with you so we're going to put this on your face and then it goes hard and then so we'll just stick these straws up your nose and all your mouth will be covered and everything but just if you just really try and relax and it will get really heavy after a little (gasps) while but they're just saying this, like hoping that you'll just be all right. And then suddenly, oh my goodness. Panicky. Oh, absolutely. I was just it was worse than I'm a celebrity getting me out of here I've never done that and I never will but yeah. <laughs> I don't think because I don't want to eat bugs but um but this was like on the on a par with that I think oh my because, god because yeah it was pretty scary if you're claustrophobic you wouldn't do well no not at all but it really obviously works and uh the mat and then they obviously make this prosthetic mask out of it and it was amazing and yeah but it was a few hours in the morning in makeup but it's but it's brilliant process that is because you kind of as you transforming in the mirror and you can see yourself transforming in the mirror, you can you you are getting into that character and everything. Yeah. So you can't help but kind of be in that character, which and, and it's just so exciting to dress up like that, isn't it? And yeah, do them kind of things and and be and know that you're actually in actual Doctor Who. Yes. <laughs> Even more exciting. <laughs> yeah. But you're doing it for yeah. Doctor Who. It's incredible. Yes. Which is such a different, it was such a different experience than any other TV show because it's always very exciting and 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 different and a new experience but this because it had such a following we had to hide under umbrellas and have coats over our heads and everything going from one location to another and what the set from the car and everything because people would be watching and if they taking pictures if they could see us and nobody wanted any spoilers at that point because it hadn't even been filmed yet so um yeah so it was all very uh, covert operation made me feel ever so special (laughs) can can i ask you about funland yeah go on because i watched funland and it was brilliant but there was one scene i mean quite frankly sarah I, I'm, I'm a very straight woman, but there was a scene that you did in that that could have turned me. Really? But I also, oh, yeah, wow. I was like, oh, hello, that's giving me a strange sense. But anyway, <laughs> how 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 did you find? Oh, I'm going to use that now. I'm going to yeah. use that against you, Esther. <laughs> anything, anytime I need anything from you, I'll be like, do you remember me in that scene, Esther? <laughs> and Sarah, it will work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you feel because, how did you no. feel doing that because I I, I was, was it the lap dance the pole dancing it, yeah where you yeah. have to take your clothes off in front oh, yeah, of a group right. of people and be incredibly sexy <laughs> I didn't feel that sexy I felt a bit cold and like, <laughs> if you'd have seen all the goosebumps in real life that they managed to obviously filter out I don't know how <laughs> then you might not feel the same but was it difficult to film? It was it was, was it mortifying? Do you know what? It was more mortifying to rehearse it because yeah. you know, but once they say, I don't know what happens when a director says action to me. It probably I think it happens to must happen to you too. Yeah, you're not you anymore. As soon as a director says action, that's it. You turn it on and you do whatever that whatever you're supposed to do in that moment. And it just like happens, doesn't it? And yeah. the magic happens, especially for us. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so. But yeah, rehearsing was so embarrassing because all the crew are there watching because they've got to will watch all these big burly men on my thing keep falling out. Did you you had to strip when you did the rehearsals? Yeah, because they had to see oh, what I was actually gonna do 
and yeah. Uh, yeah so that was the most embarrassing and then they were told now it's a closed set and I was thinking what's the point of that they've just all seen, <laughs> they've just all seen me doing it <laughs> and you had to have a work with a choreographer yes before. it was a yeah it was choreographed and everything yeah because yeah which was lovely because it makes you it, it makes you realize there are boundaries and you know what exactly what you're doing yes. like if I had to make that up, Esther would not feel that way about me <laughs> in that scene if I was just making it up on the spot I'd be just like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I just bring out mum dance dancing, even though I'm not there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when we put the questions out, I have got a friend called Mark, and he said, "Can you just tell her I say hi?" Hashtag playing it cool. And uh, oh, hi, Mark. Very smitten with you, and I don't know how his really? wife Jenny feels about it, but you know, oh maybe God. if uh, she leaves him one day for Harry Styles, and then <laughs> and then you know your husband runs off with I don't know Wincy Willis or something, then uh, <laughs> maybe you and Mark can be each other's backups or something. <laughs> Good idea. Good call. That can happen. Yeah. I Absolutely. think he's just fainted. Uh, I think I think Mark I think Mark's got impeccable taste, is what I, I think. think so too. <laughs> well, yes, he and Esther share share that. <laughs> yeah. have, have you got any memorable other memory? I mean, obviously, Doctor Who um, is definitely a standout moment, but memorable yeah. moments or scenes from from um, programs that you've done that stick oh with gosh. you. Um, either oh, for good or bad reasons. <laughs> I think Wallander was such a... You know Wallander when I got hit over the head with the axe? Yes. Oh, that to shoot the dog? Yeah. <gasps> that was quite a memorable scene, shooting the dog. It's like putting a gun into a dog's face. Oh, God. Like, I had to actually do that. Mm. But not a real... It was a real gun, but it wasn't... It was obviously empty. I hadn't used a gun before in before I did Wallander and we had to have gun training like proper gun training and everything which was amazing to get to that opportunity so that and yeah so Kenneth Branagh was there just even working with Sir Kenneth Branagh that's just amazing in itself and uh yeah it felt really real because it was really cold and really and we've been like what trying to work out for ages so it was kind of tiring and and then these dogs had to be on leads and and the trainer was obviously tr- riling them up so that they would be really angry with us and God. like really growling at us and everything. So that was scary in itself because because they're supposed to like growl at us and bark and everything and then break off their lead and it looked like they could have done yes. and they could have actually mauled us even though they're actually acting as well dogs that were acting it was remarkable. But yeah, so that that scene that will always stay with me. Because then when we watched it back, when I watched it back, I was like, oh, God, that wasn't really like yeah, violent and intense yeah, scene. But it worked really, really well for the drama. And you worked with Kenneth Branagh on that. You were like the duo at the helm of the programme. Oh, my God. And Tom Hiddleston was on it as well, wasn't he? Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. He's amazing. Yeah. And he's gone on to do just amazing things, hasn't he? You mean you've worked yeah. with everybody? Sally Field, yeah. Paul Bettany. Yeah. Who else have you yeah. worked with? If I missed any... Uh, yeah. I've worked with you and <laughs> Well, we don't like we to We have, host. haven't we? We've worked together at this one theatre. Yes. different Edinburgh Festival. On stage, Edinburgh Festival. Oh, I love that. Oh, Edinburgh Festival is one of my very favourite times in my yeah. whole life, actually. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was. Um, right, so we've got some questions from the audience. Um, Susan would like to know, who have you worked with that surprised you the most? in terms of you imagine they'd be a bit of a wally but they were lovely or vice versa oh so well going back to Sir Kenneth Brenner he I thought oh he might be a bit um up his own bum bum (laughs) (laughs) 
as soon as he met me he said Sarah you've done so much tv and I haven't done that much tv <laughs> weirdly <laughs> said that um so will you be able to kind of show me the ropes like you're really really experienced in this and I was like oh my goodness is that a joke like, <laughs> no, no you've got a like really extensive cv and tv and I just it'd be really helpful if you could help me out or just watch my have my back and I was like oh my gosh of course, I will do that. Yes, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh, I will have your back. Yes, Kenneth, I will have your back. And I hope he feels like I do. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> and Susan also said, if you could play a character in any film, what would it be? Or who would oh, it be? That's a good one. If I could play a character in any film, uh, I, I do you know what? I'd have to be in action. <gasps> Matrix. I watched the last, the final Matrix oh. uh, yes, just last night. And it was, uh, and I, I just love the Matrix anyway. I, I mean, it is quite complicated. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, now I remember it. It's a very complicated story. And what's the Matrix and who are, and are we batteries? What are we? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but from the beginning, from the first Matrixes, they, all the... Um, uh, oh, yes, the, the yeah, stunts. The, what the, what the, would you call this? Uh, the <laughs> jazz hands. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz hands. Yeah, Matrix Jazz <laughs> With the flailing coats. The jazz flailing hands and flailing coats, coats and the bullets. They're trying to get out of the bullets. What's her and, name? What's yeah, her name? The Carrie Ann Moss. Yes, Carrie Ann. What's her character name? She was amazing. I'd love to be I her. Can see she was her. so cool. You've got the right, you you know, you've got the right hair. hair. And the, yeah. Oh my gosh, I don't know. She's just ultra cool. My, my story thing about the, the Matrix is when I, was, I watched it, I didn't watch it in cinema, I don't think. I watched it on um, telly. And about halfway through, I was like, why is he called Neil? Who calls a superhero <laughs> Neil? It's like the worst Neil. name ever. And they were like, it's, it's Neil. I was like, oh, okay. So it's not Neil. I thought this really Neil. cool Keanu Reeves no, called Neil. Yeah, Neil. <laughs> All right, Neil. Uh, <laughs> right, Neil, what's with the jazz hands? Yeah. <laughs> Another question from Hazel, who says, uh, which location or set have you felt most at home in? <gasps> Do you know what? The Moors, oh. Hazel, the Moor, the Yorkshire Moors, when I was doing Spark House, I don't know if you might, anyone seen Spark I did House, watch it, yeah. It was because it, it was only a three-part drama, so may, maybe a lot of people missed that. But it was set on the Moors, and it was, Sally Wainwright wrote it, and it was, um, yeah, the kind of modern-day version of Wuthering Heights. There, I was roaming the Moors in a brooding kind of, yeah. Because we had to get up really early to film that quite a lot of the time, and sometimes there were lots of night shoots and everything with wind and rain and all. And there was so it just felt so dramatic there and so beautiful. And you really got a sense of place and a sense of all the drama behind Wuthering Heights, the actual book, the Brontes, what they must have been living in, and and yeah. And I think yeah, just be, like thinking about the Brontes and and um them writing and being all restricted in their little courses and stuff but looking out at these amazing moors and with the, all the weather and everything and the drama of the wind and the rain and I was you you were really taken into all of that uh, well I was anyway it's another character isn't it, all, the moors, the moors yeah yeah exactly it's part, yeah it's like a big character within Wuthering Heights and also within this spark house it was it was like a big character so I think that out of all of the out of all of the um, environments I worked in. But also we, we did, was it like at nine different castles in um, all around Wales and in Doctor Who? We filmed our, the whole the whole um, episode of Doctor Who in nine different castles in wow. Wales. Wow, yes. I know. 
so we got to go all traveling all around because they needed little, little different aspects of all these ruins to make up this massive um, acid factory that it was set in. So yeah, nine different castles oh, wow. or something we ended wow. up filming in. So that was pretty immense. That's amazing. Yes, that. It's amazing. Crazy. I noticed yeah. on your CV that you'd also done Death in Paradise. Oh. And that's filmed. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Dreadful. I and that's <laughs> horrendous. Job. Where is that filmed? Shame. The dregs. That was that's filmed in Guadeloupe, where it's set. Because it was the first series, so it hadn't been on before. So we didn't really know what to expect. And stuff. So we were all on this plane together, thinking, oh, what's this going to be like? It's it's set, it's a Caribbean island, so it can't be that <laughs> bad. And then we got there and we were like in this amazing hotel with a brilliant swimming pool right on the beach. And a lot of that, I only had about seven scenes or even maybe even less than that, four scenes or something. But I was there for two weeks. So it's like, it's like what have I done? The jammiest job in the world. Yeah, Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All of us actors were saying, what What have we done to deserve this? this You've amazing. been very, very good. Did you die or can you yeah. come back into that series at some point? I can come back, but I don't know what I kept thinking. Uh, hello, I can't go back, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, of course, I said that to the producers straight as, as I'm sure leave, everybody does. I said, I didn't die. <laughs> yeah, every, he said every, every actor is that. Yeah. It's old news. So, Jacob Odell on Instagram asked, What's your next TV appearance? Oh, thanks, Jacob. Um, my next TV appearance is, oh, on Acorn TV, I'm in a thing called the. What's it called, Esther? <laughs> Is it the Chelsea Detective? <laughs> the Chelsea Detective! <laughs> Esther is hilarious. She's basically everyone's PA because she remembers all names, all dates, all birthdays, all everything. So, yeah, thanks, Esther. The Chelsea Detective with uh, starring Adrian Scarborough. He's absolutely gorgeous. He's one of my favourite actors that I've ever met. He's just absolutely lovely. He's gorgeous oh. and brilliant at acting. And he's the, yes. So it's his kind of big show. He's a detective and he lives in Chelsea. And I'm one of the kind of, I was one of the guest leads in one of the, those episodes. But my character was really, really interested. She's dying of cancer, um, which, so in one way I was so excited to do it. And in another way I was thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be a hard one because you've got to actually kind of immerse yourself in all those feelings that she would feel in and everything. Yeah, she, she wasn't, because she was a victim and everything and she looks like a victim, and she wasn't a particularly nice person. She wasn't particularly warm or... So that was kind of interesting, that juxtaposition by of being like ill and everything. You just expect people to be really nice when they're ill. But of course, they're just human. So I don't think she was dealing with it very well, the character. So she, yeah, she wasn't a very nice person. So I don't know if that's put you off watching it. <laughs> I'm sure it won't put Jacob off. Jacob also asked... Um about theatre shows and he asked if would you be doing any theatre shows soon and I'm I'm guessing that's probably not an option as you've got you know, oh, I know. three young children but I've I've I seen you in theatre um I saw you in a yes, play yes I've bush. seen you in theatre Susie <laughs> I've seen you in theatre darling and do you like do you because you've done a lot more telly obviously than um theatre I've done a lot more telly I feel so at home on a tv set really at home I feel so nervous on a stage in front of a live audience it's amazing the feeling the buzz and everything that you get but yeah, the rehearsal, and it's so different because you're rehearsing for such a long time compared to what you do in TV. TV is instantaneous, isn't it, really? Um, a spontaneous kind of performance nowadays because you don't get much time. But but yeah, it's a completely different, uh, yeah, it's, it's different, but 
but I, I do love theatre. I, I don't think you can be an actor and not love theatre because you just want to tell stories, don't you? And I'm telling stories to a live audience when you can see their little faces looking up at you and you're yeah. like, I'm telling you this story now. Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and you're just sitting there watching me. That's hilarious. For your ambitions and what you'd like to do in the in the future when there's more opportunity, uh, when you've got more time, what sort of things would you like to do? There's some amazing things that are coming out in Netflix and everything nowadays and some things like that I'd love to be in some of the kind of them kind of dramas maybe work with people from like American people more and and also I think I'd like because only because I'm only saying that because I'm in the middle of Ozark well I'm nearly at the end of Ozark and I just love Ozark and I just want to be in Ozark (laughs) put that out there let's manifest it but the the trouble is I think it's finished (laughs) I think that it's got to finish because surely at some point very very soon they've all got to just die all of them everyone in that show because every oh because it's amazing I need to watch it I haven't watched it yet no I haven't watched it but I will it's really fantastic just that's some brilliant writing and there is some brilliant writing around oh Bridgerton I'd like I quite like to be in Bridgerton and I'd like yeah I'd love to don a a big dress again and course I'd love to go back to period dramas because I really enjoyed immersing myself in that kind but I was thinking as well I did a thing called Casualty 1909 which was set in real history and these characters that we played in 1909 they really existed in that time and um I'd love to play so real people because I've done that a few times now and that is just feels really exciting because you think oh gosh I'm actually telling this actual pe- person's story and like other people and like a bit of history is coming into the fore and well you played Dawn French's mum didn't you yes I did oh Dawn French she's amazing I love her yeah she's she, she's gorgeous I've always loved her since I was little oh my god me um, too yeah just watching her with doing French and yeah. Saunders at Jennifer Saunders oh my gosh is she a good hugger because I imagine nestling oh. in those gorgeous bosoms <laughs> would be oh that's that's I mean I'm so... oh my gosh Esther <laughs> I think I have to get a warrant out I think somebody's come over today I have to get some kind of uh <laughs> Because I think you would just be there in her bosom like, for hours. I would be enveloped. <laughs> I can imagine you being enveloped in We'd have a bussy off. Bosom and love it. You would. You'd love it. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine that. Now that, you know how you felt, you felt about me? Yes. I'd feel like that about watching you and your <laughs> friends. <laughs> Cuddling. Snuggling. Have a little one off <laughs> Oh, she's good. She's such a lovely lady. And yeah, that. Yeah, I played her mum hilariously. This was back in the day when, which <laughs> this sounds weird, but I, yeah, I played her mum, but she wasn't playing my daughter. If you know what I mean? She that was a quite young, work. much younger. Wasn't version. she playing the queen mum? Yeah, she was playing the queen mum. Yeah, it was. It was a big story that really happened to her of when her the queen mother came to visit her in her house because her her dad worked in the army and they were living in barracks. And uh, the Queen Mother came around the soldiers' barracks and everything. So, yeah, she yeah. met them, and um, this is that was a retelling of their life. Yeah. Wow. My goodness me, Sarah Smart, oh. you have had and are having the most incredible career, <laughs> and I can't wait oh, to see what you do next. And I'm I'm glad that you know we can WhatsApp each other about all this stuff. <laughs> I know. I know. Absolutely. Well, it's great because I feel like I've asked all the questions I've always wanted to kind of sit down and you know talk <laughs> yeah, about that's chat. True. Right, Sarah, <laughs> let's talk about your career. <laughs> and actually that's what I quite like to do so yeah and I've confessed my lust for you as oh, well so uh, you know it's all good. It? we're not even drunk I know I know <laughs> that'll be the next one next next season all yeah. drunk interviews <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> brilliant thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been such a delight 
Oh, thank you. I love you. I love you too. You're gorgeous. And your podcast is brilliant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Carry on, girls. I am absolutely mortified. Absolutely mortified. I've just had Carol from next door come and knock on my door and say, Shirl, Shirley, did you know that your black bin bags have come apart and your rubbish is billowing up the street? So I came back in and I got my marigolds on and some bin bags and I went back out the front and before I knew it, half the road was out picking up bits of our rubbish here, there and all over the place. And I thought that was a low point. But then me and Fat Barry were chasing up the road after me packet of tenor lady and me tummy control pants packaging. And then, then the worst thing happened. Beryl, Beryl from over the road. You know, the one with the lazy eye who had that terrible bout of gout. She'd found the packaging for the cakes I'd passed off as me own the other day at our Great British Bake Off competition, where I won Star Baker. And now, they all think I'm a fraud and I'm not. I'm a very good baker. I just didn't have time to bake that day as my chiropodist appointment had overrun because apparently I've got an unusually large build-up of hard skin on my hind foot. And now all the neighbours are supposed to be coming here tonight because it was my turn to host. I very much used to be the alpha female of this cul-de-sac, but I fear my crown may have slipped. I am absolutely mortified. You know that phrase, it's not the winning, it's the taking part that counts. Twaddle. My thoughts exactly. So this season, we thought we'd spice up your lives with a bit of a competition. Booyakasha! There's an actual trophy up for grabs. Boom! How do we win? Well, each week we're going to ask a question on the social medias. The best responses will be read out in the following week's episode. And the writer of the very best audience story of the whole season will win the trophy. Oh, I'd better get writing. No, no. Esther, you can't enter. What? That's absolute bull... So this week, we asked you... What did we ask you? (laughs) What your favourite television programme was, or has been, or is, of your life, from your life. And why. And why. And we had some cracking answers. Yes, took me back. So I'll start off with... Yes. um, With Michelle. Michelle on Instagram. Um, She replied, Moonlighting. For the mystery, witty banter, and mainly Bruce Willis's twinkle. I think she means in his eye, yes. not anything else. Not a euphemism. <laughs> um. <laughs> I remember moonlighting. I remember the meme tune, and I remember thinking that he was—he had a je ne sais quoi. Even when I was about oh. six, like, oh, yes. there's something very attractive about this man. And also the chemistry between him and Sybil Shepherd. There was something yeah. going on, wasn't there? Oh, it was so great. Uh, yeah, he is utterly charming. Yeah. Yeah, I, I loved that programme as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were quite young when that was out. Very young. I just remember it being on that and things like my mum watching things like that and Laverne and Shirley and Cagney and Lacey and those were the things yes. that I was always trying to get a little a little shot of. And also I remember I would have to go to bed at half past eight and sometimes I'd hear the Dallas theme tune starting. Ooh, so yeah. I would, oh, I was quite annoying. I would sob extra loud in the hope that my parents would take me down so I could watch it or I'd sit on the stairs because sometimes I was allowed to stay up and watch Dallas and Dynasty. And um, and I'd so I'd really sort of see if I could manipulate them by crying. <laughs> and it didn't work. They were no. pretty, you know, they were good parents. It didn't work. They, you yes. Know, they... I do remember discussing Dallas and Dynasty the day after at school. Yeah. That was kind of the first water cooler. Yes. I mean, we didn't have a water cooler at school. We weren't. Milk we weren't cooler. White collar workers. <laughs> Around the water cooler. In your gingham summer dresses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More like, I don't know, oak tree in the middle of the field. 
programme, <laughs> if that's a phrase. Hello, um, <laughs> hello as well. I remember doing that with hello, hello. Yeah. Sitting on the stairs, desperate to watch it because it was just hilarious. And Yes, and yeah. we wouldn't have got anywhere near all the innuendos that were going on there. No, but it, God, it was funny. Yeah. Um, Caroline Cousins, the lovely Caroline Cousins said on Instagram, Outlander for the time travel, Scotland, romanticism and Sam Hewen, I think that's how you say his name, and Paul Dark, just because of Aidan Turner, and the Tudors, all historical romance, oh, and Pride and Prejudice for Colin Firth. There is a theme, isn't there, running There's here? There's a theme. It's hot men <laughs> in period costume and Caroline <laughs> is all over that. I'm, I'm absolutely, yeah, I'm down with that as well, totally. <laughs> I've never seen Outlander or Pulled Up, but I actually know I saw the first two episodes of Outlander and they were very frisky. Um, I should have carried on watching. I will go back to it. But Colin Firth in Pride and Prejudice. I mean, I think I was 18 at the time and that whole series is imprinted on my mind and and him coming out of the lake. It's an absolute classic, isn't it? Classic scene. It was a seminal moment in I think most females' lives. (laughs) (laughs) And they recreated it, didn't they, in... um... Bridgerton. A bit. Oh, has, oh, yes, this, yes, yes. Uh, with Jonathan Bailey. With Jonathan Bailey. Iconic, isn't it? That's the word. Yeah. It's an iconic scene. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All, all happy with that. Very happy with that. Um, Excellent work, Caroline. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but different here. So, Joe on um, Twitter, thank you, Joe, has said she loves reruns of The Bill. Ah. She says, it's like I'm watching and enjoying it for the very first time. That and Big Bang Theory. Uh, no. I, I was in The Bill. So you might have seen me, Joe. I was, um, what was my character's name? Sarah Osman. And um, I was, I stolen a girl who'd been involved in a hit and runs credit card. And I got hauled into, hauled into the cells. I was interrogated by Carver. I was, I had quite a good role. And um, we had to shoot in this shopping centre in London. And I had to be chased through the shopping centre with them all yelling, stop thief. (gasps) And we had to do so many takes. Because the first take, somebody swung a bag full of cans at me to stop me, to floor me. Because they genuinely thought thought I was a thief. thief. Yes. Thought it was a real thief. And then the sec and then another time somebody this old Irish guy who was lovely was like, Quick, come here, I'll hide you. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing. It was amazing. But it was such a lovely programme to work on and oh. everybody was lovely. In fact, if we find um I'll see if I can find a photograph or a clip and I'll put it on Instagram oh, gosh, after this clip. episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I have to say, I don't feel like I'm a proper actor because I've never been in the bill. That ah. was that was the programme you everyone had to be in, wasn't it? So I've, I'm never, ever going to be a proper actor. Oh, you are, Suze, you are. You've, we've done doctors, we've both done doctors. I didn't even audition for the bill, that's how... Didn't you? Anyway, but but Joe... You were too Joe, classy. That's, that's too good. I don't yeah. think enough like a thief. Um, Joe uh, also said, she thinks it's... Because I asked why particularly she loves the bill and, and she said it, she, she thinks it's so well acted, it hasn't dated... Obviously, Thank, yesterday. Thanks, you were in Joe. It. Yeah. Um, and she said, I've spotted outfits that I wore back then. And she said, obviously, I had no style. I don't think that's true, Joe. Um, and she said, it's also inoffensive, which is good for today's TV viewing. Yeah, it's um, true, actually. There's probably yeah. sort of slightly, slight innocence about it, even though it's yeah. all about crims. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had a great time. It's lovely. It's a good show. Um, Hannah, Hannah Miller said, um, this is us, the West Wing, Grange Hill, Line of Duty and The Split. There's Ooh. a lot of... Range there, bit of a there range. is a lot of range, but they're good shows. The the split. Have you watched the split series? Oh yeah, I've, I've binged the split. Absolutely in fact, you it. you told me to watch the split when I had the COVID in September, yeah. and I watched the first two series within tw- with like in one day because I couldn't leave my bedroom because I was isolating, and um, 
Yeah, loved it. Loved it. It's, it's brilliant. I've never actually seen This Is Us, although I will because I, so many people said it's great. Yeah. And I've never watched The West Wing. No, me I neither. Like I, I think it's gone too far now. I can't, I don't think I'll be able to commit to that many program. you know, that many episodes. Yeah. Maybe I can. Maybe somebody can persuade me that it's a good idea. Yeah. And Grain Chill, iconic. And Line of Duty, obviously, incredible. Yes. But yeah, I've never watched This Is Us or The West Wing either, so I I, I could do with them. Maybe um, we can watch them together. Maybe we could hold hands through Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to sing something now, because okay. the, next, the next show... Um, <laughs> I'm guessing, so I came in with my own little riff there. I loved um, it. Doctor Who! Doctor no, it was a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I yes, genuinely thought it was no. Then, <laughs> um, yes. So thermal, thermal Satsuma, yes. was my favourite handle. That's the word. Said my favourite show has to be Doctor Who. I watched it from behind the sofa when I was small and still enjoy it now. As every incarnation brings something new. Weeping angels, even I know oh, what they yeah. are, as yeah. well as the old favourites, Daleks. Um, <gasps> yes, I love Doctor it's, Who. It's a. Um, it's one of those programs that it doesn't matter how old you are. You've got you've got a doctor, yeah, um, of, of your era. Um, so so mine is and yours probably. I would have thought is Sylvester McCoy. Oh no! You see now for me because my it, it ah, probably yes. is Sylvester McCoy, but because my kids have been watching it for the last mm, eight years, maybe. Yeah. I don't relate to that. My doctor for me is David Tennant or Matt Smith because yeah. my kids um, started watching it and it was just brilliant. We haven't watched so much the last couple of series, um, and but then that's not a reflection on Jodie Whittaker. I, for some reason, the stories just haven't been grabbing me as much. But I'm very excited that Russell T Davis is coming back um, mm. to write. And and have you seen some of the clips from the new series? Oh no! Oh no. my god, it looks incredible. Neil Patrick Harris, I'm assuming, is the master because I know that he is playing. It, it, Russell T Davis said on Instagram, it's his uh, Doctor Who's greatest nemesis. So he's got oh. to be the master, I would think. And David Tennant's back in it for a few episodes. Oh, well, I'm watching then. I'm a big just, David Tennant fan. Yes. I love Doctor Who. But I, when I was little, I used to hide behind the sofa yeah. as and well. That was, uh, well, Sylvester McCoy was the 80s, late 80s, I think. Early yeah. 90s. And Peter I kind Davidson. of remember Peter Davison. Yeah. yeah. He was before, was he before him? I think he was just before Yeah, him. I think he was. And Tom yeah. Baker. As yes. well. And Colin Baker. I've met Tom Baker. I've met I've worked with Colin Baker and Tom Have Baker. Have you? Yes. Look at you. Yeah, in fact I've been I've been in Doctor Who. Not the T V series. The uh, audio Oh, have you audio dramas. Um uh Big Finish is the company that makes is the production company that makes um Doctor Who audio dramas. And wow. uh, and all the doctors do them, you know, the, the real doctors. <laughs> so I've I've yeah. been one with Tom Baker and one with wow. Colin Baker. Terry Martin says, lost in space. That gives my age away, lol. The evil Dr. Smith, the notion that good triumphs evil. I remember lost in space being on, on a Sunday lunchtime, just before, just before we'd have a roast dinner. The telly would be on mm. in the kitchen. And um, as I was growing up, and lost in space would be on. So that's my sort of memory of it. Next one. Next one, I've got John Wood. Anything associated with Donald B. Belisario is gold. So he's talking about quantum leap. Yes. Um, Jag? What's Jag? J-A-G. No idea. And the NCIS franchises. Um, oh, yes. Actually, but quantum leap is... 
that is one of my favourite programmes of all time. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh um, yeah. Loved Quantum and Leap. he says, also love Death in Paradise, which is great escapism and ghosts. Perfect for all family. <gasps> love a bit of ghosts. It's yeah, very good. Great. Stuart Arendale says, Outlaws, Ted Lasso and Slow Horses. And Heather um, also says Ted Lasso. And I love Ted Lasso. Have you watched it? No. When something's on a platform I don't have, I just completely ignore it. But I can probably watch it quite easily, but I just haven't. We always take now tv for three months when they offer it for a quid and then cancel it at the end or apple tv and we do oh, that yes, for like and we watched ted lasso and i watched the first episode and i was like mm, not sure what i think and then fell in love with it and it's all in richmond so you see the streets of richmond which is obviously oh, is beautiful yeah What's so reckon- you live yeah well you'll recognize all the little you know little oh, pa- wow. uh, passageways and what i love about ted lasso is it's just not predictable in any way you think oh here comes a cliche this is what's going to happen and it doesn't and it's got such a big heart and i adore ted lasso it's so good so good nick mohammed in, in ted lasso i've seen him do his, his stand-up show in edinburgh a few times well he's, he's a great character comedian so right. i mean it's not i suppose it is stand-up but he's playing a character i mean i, I still remember some of the stuff he did in, the, in shows that I've seen like 10 years ago oh, and really? I just cry with laughter when I think about it he's so so funny so I've... brilliant with an audience and such a clever clever man oh um, really yeah really great if you ever get the chance to see him uh, do a do a show I've heard um, so many good things about him and he does do that show with David Trimmer doesn't he and I I saw them being interviewed on Graham Norton which is another show I love actually and um and they were saying well David Trimmer said I had to work with Nick Mohammed he's just brilliant he's just a genius oh, wow. How great. which is yeah, fantastic but yeah. I think you'd like Ted Lasso. It's I don't want to hype it up too much because I know if somebody hypes anything up too much to me, oh, you should watch this, you'll love it. I instantly go in on like, a, mm, almost with yes. a more critical eye. Like, yeah. Yes. yeah no, it's true. I don't I, know I why that is. Yeah, you watch one episode and go, nah, it wasn't for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Michelle Bonnard also says West Wing. I watch it on repeat every winter. Imagine if good, smart people are running the world. Just imagine. I, I don't think I can. Is it's that, not, com- is that it's not computing. Thing? I, I don't know. I don't know how that would work. I mean, I think, no. Yeah, I, 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 you've, my, brain's, my brain's combusted. You've flummoxed me. <laughs> I think that this might be the last one. Okay. Dan Mahari. Um, what a great surname. This is a good name. Mahari. Hi, Mahari. Dan. He said, um, my favourite programme right now is Glow Up because it is ah. super inspiring. The skill and imagination of the makeup artist is so far out of my frame of reference, it's amazing. And in four seasons, there hasn't been a single person, makeup artist or judge on it that I didn't like. He said it's a tremendous production and he'd love to be an ugly model on it and see what I'd get transformed into. Wow. I've seen a couple of those because my daughter quite liked them and they're brilliant. I've not seen it. Sarah Smart, her husband is the is the DOP on it, on the director of photography on Glow Up. Very cool. And I, I, well, to be honest, this whole thing has just made me, I've got now got a massive list of programmes I need to watch. Um, <laughs> in It'll probably take me in the next 25 years, but I'll get there, guys. She'll do it. I'll get there. We can support her. <laughs> Come on, Suze. I'm going to take one for the team. Yes. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your messages. They're brilliant. And we've got some fantastic suggestions. Thank, Thank you. You have been listening to Limited Time Only. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, then why don't you share it with someone you think would enjoy it too? Please like, follow or subscribe so we can pop into your ears on a regular basis. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Your glowing reviews will help to shape future episodes and help other people to find us. You can join the Limited Time Only Conversation on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can email us hello at limitedtimeonlypodcast.com. We'll be back for more next time. But for now... Sorry, Richard Curtis. (laughs) Can I watch the telly, Mum?